Just like that, we are back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than ProLineStadium.com, Atlantic Canada's home field for great sports betting. Play stadium bets for the best odds. Single game betting and an all-star lineup of the top sports and leagues from around the world. ProLine players also score great access to regular promotions. Okay, right now. You can earn a $10 free play token when you wager $25 or more with ProLine or Stadium Bets. This offer is valid on all your favorite sports and tokens can be used on ProLine or Stadium Bets. Okay, this offer is valid up to October 17th all the way to October 30th. Free play tokens must be used by October 30th. First, get in the game today at ProLineStadium.com or download the ALC app. Must be 19 years of age or older. Please play responsibly. If you or your company would like to advertise on the High Button Podcast, please email thehighbutton at gmail.com. One more time, thehighbutton at gmail.com. We'll send you affordable rates, packages that would include advertising on the podcast, our live streaming as well. Whatever you think that you can advertise on when it comes to the High Button Sports brand, we have the opportunity for you. One more time, thehighbutton at gmail.com. You kidding me right now? Who's better than you? Waking up right now on a Thursday morning, Halifax, Atlantic Canada, it doesn't even matter where you are in this world. What's better than waking up and getting to do whatever you want to do in this uh, this beautiful thing we get to call life? And the guy that we're going to be having on the podcast today, Kelly Saunders, he's been the head ice technician at the Halifax Metro Center and at the Scotiabank Center, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, for the past 37 years, so he's been there longer than I've been alive. I've seen Kelly my whole life, my family has seen him my whole life, and I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast and you've gone to a a hockey event at the Metro Center slash Scotiabank Center, you've seen Kelly clean the ice. He's always a guy I've always wanted to to talk to. I remember there was times where I was getting bag skated at the Metro Center, and I'd see Kelly just waiting to blow the horn to clean the ice, and I'd be mad at Kelly. I'm like, come on, Kelly, blow the horn. I'm getting bag skated here. Like, Let's go, clean the ice. You know, there's been so many times where you've just seen this guy and you're, you're just curious to, 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 to get to know who he is as a person. I've seen his face more than anyone, really, if you think about it. He's just a guy who's always been there, always shows up, and he's always there to take care of the ice. And, um, you know, anyone that gets to wake up in this life and do whatever they love to do and, and do it for a long period of time and, and still have passion in it 37 years later... Um, that's someone who I want to talk to. So when we were at the Scotiabank Center the other day, miking up Luke Woodworth, I went up to him and introduced myself, uh, told him about our podcast. I'm pretty sure he knew about the podcast. And I, I said, I'd love to have you on. He said, yep, absolutely. Let me clear some things up with work, make sure it works out with the scheduling. And it did. And today's the day that we get to have Kelly Saunders on. So I'm really excited. I can't wait to talk to him. I'm sure he's had, you know, plenty of uh of stories to talk about for the past 37 years it's going to be a great episode i'm justin belanger this is kelly saunders you know what comes next
Oh, wait, no, that's not how it goes. It goes here. What do I say? Here we go. You know what comes next. Kelly, welcome, sir. I'm, uh, I'm really happy to have you here on the High Button Podcast. Thank you for coming. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. How was your morning? Uh, morning was good. Yeah. I got up, said hi to my wife and kids, and said I'm going to go do a broadcast, see what that's like. What was their reaction to that? Uh, they were pretty excited, actually. I have uh, two daughters, <laughs> uh, 23, 21, and uh, yeah, they thought that was pretty cool. And my wife's excited anytime I do anything, so it, it was it was fun. That's awesome. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I, I've seen your face since I was a kid, and my brother, my family, I think everyone in Halifax has seen your face and almost... Not that everyone doesn't know the guy. I'm sure a lot of people know you, but I, I've always wanted to get to know you as a person because you make a lot of people's day, at least a lot of children who get to ride that Zamboni. Yeah. There's a huge fascination with the Zamboni for children, adult, everyone, and, and you're the guy who rides it and makes sure that the, the ice is crisp and clean for <laughs> the players that get to uh, to ride it. So I guess the first question is, how did you get involved with with, with your job there at the Metro Center slash Scotiabank Center? Well, you know what? I, I, I started in Spryfield Lions Rink when I was 13 as a rink rat and got my refrigeration ticket there and driving the old Massey Ferguson uh, tractor with the box on the back. And then the uh, Dartmouth Sportsplex, the Zapman Sportsplex opened up, brand new facility. So I was over there as an engineer and that didn't do the ice as much there. Um, I was more of an engineer and that, um, and then the Metro Center at that time, uh, we're looking for a couple engineers slash uh, ice techs. So I applied for that. I've had three jobs in my life, all been in a rink. I've been just driving around in circles for <laughs> forever. And uh, so I've been at the Metro Center. Well, this is starting my 36th year there, and that right. So that was, uh, and it's been fun. It's it's you know, as you get older, you appreciate uh, uh, things you've done and seen and worked. Uh, I've been very fortunate. Uh, to land where I have, and not, not a, lot, a lot of people can say they love their jobs or like their jobs. Uh, I'm one that can say I do that because I like hockey, I, you know, and all that stuff. So it's it it all works out well. Is there a part of you that obviously you love what you do, but outside of on the Zamboni taking care of the ice, the the thing I love about the rink is the people that you get to meet oh, every single day. It was, and we all know what hockey people are like: very welcoming, very open. How are you? How's your day? How's the family? Is that part of the aspect that you really oh, enjoyed? Definitely. I mean, you know, a rink, a theater, whatever. We're in the entertainment business. People come here to relax, enjoy themselves, be it hockey, figure skating, curling, you name it, ringette. Um, it's, it's an escape and people are just excited. And, and I know at the, uh, Scotiabank center, when we have minor hockey in there, the little kids are practicing in that. The first thing they're doing is they're skating out and they want to skate over the moose logo and stuff like that. And it's in awe of the, the size of the, the building and stuff. The ice surface is the same as most rinks, 200 by 85. Uh, the corners are 28 foot radius, you know, so all that's the same, but it's just the, the size of it. And I remember when I was that young, the form was the awe for me type of thing so it's fun to watch the kids do that and the parents get excited for the kids so when i'm driving a kid around on the zamboni the kid might be a little nervous but the parents are so excited i think they're more excited than the kids sometimes yeah. but uh, uh you know we give out a little driver's license after they they've completed their ride and uh, i still have people come to me and say they still have their driver's license <laughs> and they think it's the best thing and all that so it's it's kind of fun and, and yeah people are uh, People are very thankful and, and grateful there, and, and they just love, you know, participating in, in whatever it is that they are, they're there for. What year did they start to implement the drive on the Zamboni? 
Wow, that's that's going back away. So that's owned by the Mooseheads. So the Mooseheads uh, came up with that idea. So we don't use it for other events unless they get permission through the Mooseheads, you know, insurance purposes and stuff like that. So we're going back, oh gosh, quite a ways. I know there's a player on the Mooseheads, uh, I think it's uh, Crosby maybe, and uh, uh, Ali McDonald who's the assistant GM of the Mooseheads, he sent me a photo, and I drove him around when he was just a little kid. So oh, no you, can, you can go back at least 15, I'm going to say 20 years easy. You know, it's it was quite a, quite a while. I've driven a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are great, you know. Some of them, they'll just, I, I ask them if they're going to wave to the crowd, and I, I get them to show me how they're going to wave and, and that, or if they're just going to drive with me. So some guys are intense, and they'll just drive. When I turn, they'll turn the wheel, or some of them will just wave and stuff yeah. like that. So it's it's fun. What was the the first day like working at uh, the Scotiabank Center? I guess Metro Center back then. But uh, obviously, you're the head technician now when it comes to the ice. I'm sure when you started, were you? you no, were, I wasn't. Was, uh, I worked uh, under uh, Chico Gallant uh, was the head guy at that time, and he had hired me on. And um, I, I remember, you know, like obviously just getting used to the building. It's a huge building. And I went from the Sportsplex, which is a warm building as well. And this was a warm building. Um, I, I don't remember the first day. It's probably getting introduced to like a ton of people and stuff. Uh, I remember going to an AHL game. The Nova Scotia Oilers were there then. And, um, you know, uh, watching what we did. We only had one machine back then and stuff. So I probably just... Uh, that type of a scenario, just kind of getting your feet grounded and and stuff like that. But I'm, you know, doing your first game is kind of a rush. You get a bigger crowd uh, there, and um, you know, it's pro hockey back then, so it was kind of it was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, what, what was the one thing you went? Okay, I I need to make sure I, I nail this with this job in order to stay here, because obviously you um, loved it to start. But what was one aspect you go? I got to be a perfectionist right now. Yeah, I, I you know what. Um, I don't know if it's just because I started when I was such a young, a young fella. I was very confident in, in the things I could do on the ice, and as I got older, I respect it more. And you read more about techniques and stuff like that. I remember uh, at the Sportsplex, uh, they had a Zamboni, so I went from a tractor to a Zamboni. So I wanted to learn how to do that. So I did that on a backshift when I, I like I said, I was an engineer there. So on backshifts, we would do some ice maintenance for the uh, ice techs. And so I wanted to learn that, but I was doing it standing up. Uh, I don't know why I did it standing up. I just, I could see further and everything. So when I get to the uh, Metro Center and, and Chico had asked me, he said, do you always stand up when you drive? And I said, yeah, I do. And he said, well, try sitting. So I tried sitting and, and I've sat ever since. And, <laughs> and man, it just looks a little better. So that I guess that was about the biggest thing, just going from standing to sitting uh, and that. But uh, otherwise, you know, doing the doing the ice and stuff like that was fine. Big crowds and we've had big crowds. That's never bothered me. No, it's never uh, bothered you. Really? Never bothered me. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I, I stay focused on what I do. Um, you know, I'll acknowledge the crowd. I don't know if you, you see, uh, I'll go with the kids love you. And, and you're driving along and they're banging on the glass and they're waving to you. And so I, I just do the thumbs up. My father was in the Navy and we always thumbs up to each other when when it was bedtime type of thing. And uh, so I just thumbs them up as I go around. And uh, they like that. They're getting something back, I guess, from me yeah. in that sense. Uh, but no, the crowds never bothered me. The The only time I was ever nervous was my uh, very first ice capades. So Ice Capades did like seven shows, and Chico was doing all the night shows, and uh, I was going to do a Saturday matinee show. 
And uh, so I was practicing. I did all the practices all week. Uh, they have pr- plenty of props on that. I don't know if you've ever seen Stars on Ice, but Ice Capades is totally different. They have props everywhere, and they're changing them all the time. So he drove up backwards from where we dumped the Zamboni in the, inside the building, uh, out back, and you drive right out to the curtain area and then open the curtains and away you go. And this time now there's crowds out there. So uh, just like Stars on Ice, there are actually people that sit on the ice deck, which is level with the ice, right there. So there's no arena boards or anything. So yeah, I remember yeah. being behind the curtain and my my legs started going and I was whatever. And it's like, oh, let's, let's, just get, let's just do this, right? And so finally the curtains opened. And then once I started, I was fine. But it was, that was the only time I'd ever remember being like a little butterflies going, you know, like before a game and you're getting excited to go out there and get your first hit in or, or throw a hit or something. You know, you just want to get those butterflies out. And that's what it was for that. But you know what? Uh, we've had sellouts like Memorial Cups and, and World Hockey Championships and sellout crowds and that. And never, never bothered me. Um, such i remember the only other one that was kind of weird was the first world juniors uh, canada was playing sweden and it was right after the warm-up and during the warm-up or during the intermission there when we were doing the ice before the start of the game they started announcing that the roster for team canada well the noise in the building was just unbelievable i couldn't even hear the machine and i remember driving around thinking God, I can't hear nothing. I got to get off. I, this got It was just overwhelming, and it was like that every game. But once the first one was over, I got used to it. But that—that that was the only other time that was just wasn't wasn't nervous about doing the ice. It was just the noise level of it all. It was just wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's I, one thing that's always interested me about the Zamboni at the Scotiabank Center was when they implemented two Zambonis at once. And I thought to myself, I would mess that up because I'd go too quick. I'd be tailing the other Zamboni. Did they always do two Zambonis or was it one Zamboni at one point? It was one Zamboni for a lot of years. And it was actually the Memorial Cup in uh, 2000 that we got a second. It was a request uh, uh, at that time. I know the NHL had started. Probably the AHL was doing it then. And uh, we got a second machine and it's been been there kind of ever since. Um I'm usually the lead one uh, with the, with the with the kid and uh, the other one, uh, Steve, who's my current uh, driver with me. Um, he follows after I get a certain distance, you know, maybe the blue line between the blue line and center ice, and we just kind of keep the same pace and uh, keeps us out of the way and it gives our ice crew, the rink rats, a chance to, you know, keep an eye on us as well. Cool. But uh, it's it's not that bad. I mean, we go from doing the ice in say eight minutes down to four and four and a half minutes so it really picks up and it's all that means is they get more time to do promotions out there right? more ads yeah i got you yeah um I, i've always wondered about the uh whenever glass pops out or glass breaks Shh. oh i'm not allowed to say that <laughs> oh, that's taboo oh, sorry. <laughs> no but go ahead they're just like i don't know with the crowd just adds so much more pressure and you see guys not struggle with it but just it takes a bit and then yeah. you see it get to their head yeah um and it does so and again it's one of those things i think you know back back quite a ways that uh, we used to have tempered glass and if you've ever seen tempered glass break it breaks into thousands of little pieces that's a time consuming and a pain to uh, clean up because it's everywhere uh, you're shoveling the ice you're trying to get as much some of it gets in the groove so on and so forth and the glass is heavy so when they change to the acrylic shield uh, now that usually just cracks and it's a piece 
uh, and that's a little quicker. So we have a Ventex that help us with that. Um, we've done it a few times that it goes pretty quick. Like you can you can you can do it really quick if you're on the ball. So usually what happens is a piece of glass will break, and the first thing I do is I head around, and it usually happens after warm up. Seems like that's the jinx time. Guys are practicing their shot and they can't hit the net, so they're smacking the glass and cracking it. So and that's that's what happened last year at the playoffs there with uh, Bathurst and uh, I remember the first thing I did is I go around, I knock on the reference room, they're down by me, and I tell them there's going to be a delay. I head to the to the timekeeper, tell them to put a pause on the clock so the clock's ticking down, and, that, and then I head to the Moosehead dressing room, which is down the far end of the building, and then head back up towards where I'm at, and that's the visitor's room. And I let everybody know. Now all these rooms have little time clocks in them, so I just tell them that. So now I'm in control. So that everybody's relaxed. You know, you would know what it's like to get hyped up for a game. You're watching the clock. You're getting pumped up. All of a sudden there's a delay, and it's like, what's going on, right? So that's why, that's the first thing I do. And by that time, I've already radioed my event tech crew. They're already getting the piece of glass that I need and I'm heading back, and then we're just changing it and trying to get it up. The last time that it happened in the playoffs last year, uh, we didn't lose any time, so he didn't have to stop the clock at all. It was it was great. Oh. We have a good crew that way. Uh, it works well. And once you've done it a couple times, it becomes, I don't want to say routine, but, you know, it comes easier. I wouldn't have thought that you let everyone else know before you went and got the glass. I wouldn't yeah, have thought well, that. Well, so what I do is I call, like I have a radio, and I call them and tell them we have a broken piece of glass and i tell them where it's at and while i'm doing that walking i'm going to do tell these people this it yeah. just it just makes your life so much easier uh and and puts you in control of the situation where everything revolves around the time you need to fix the glass so again you're not teams aren't waiting to get on the ice and pumped up and yeah i got you all that stuff so i was just at tom segura over the weekend oh, yeah nice and you know you look at the floor and you put the layering over and I want to know your longest shift at that rink from putting that over to putting the court on. I just want to know your longest shift. Yeah, so for me, I'm lucky in that sense. Uh, I just have to get the ice prepped for another crew to come in and put the floor down. So our event technicians, they do all the setups. So basically, we'll say there's a Moosehead game, uh, and um, after the game, you know, I'll buzz the edger around, clean up the sides of the board so the ice deck will sit down fine uh usually put on a couple floods one to fill in the grooves and stuff and that and then a second one to get it as smooth as we can let that freeze and then the event techs will come in and they do all their magic overnight um so then the next morning you come in last night there was a hockey game here today there's a stage set up and we're ready to go and the whatever is coming in be it a band or something they're coming in to set up their lights and speakers and the show that night and then right after the show they're tearing it all down so then i'm back in on the play where whatever mess is on the floor from them lifting it up so somebody will spill a coffee or something on the floor it'll get in between the cracks and the grooves but Doing the two floods and a smooth surface, everything's on the top. So when I go out with the machine, it's basically a one-swipe clean type of thing. So it's it's not too bad. Again, it's just things you learn over the years, what works, what doesn't, and uh, it goes pretty good. So hypothetically, if someone spills a coffee and it's like in the middle between the blue line and uh, like the top of the circle, you just go over that coffee stain with the machine to shave yeah, it off? Sometimes it's just one swipe, just like I'm driving around like a normal scraper flood. Oh, okay. yeah. And that, uh, if, it, if it was really hot and it burned down a little bit, I'll take a, a spray bottle out with some hot water in and just burn that out. And then when I do a flood, it'll fill it back in. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. That's yeah. cool to know. Yeah. From the, the, from the behind-the-scenes aspect of 
everything you do, bands come and going, um, you know, hockey players, pro hockey players coming and going. What, what was one of the one of the cooler interactions you've ever had from behind the scenes? Well, you know, you, you deal with the uh, trainers mostly on, on hockey teams, uh, be it the visiting team or, or even uh, the Mooseheads. You deal with them for everything. Uh, they're they're arranging everything. They're almost like the the secretaries of, of the team when it comes to when they go here, when they go there, they arrange for practice times, so on and so forth. Uh, down at my end, the visiting team's dressing room is, so there are a lot of them that they'll trip a breaker or something and you, you reset it for them. So they're always bugging you. So, uh, and it was the same with that, with like the NHL teams, um, you know, uh, Zeno chair and Hal Gill, they had an exhibition game there once and, and, both dressing rooms were down at my end, and they are very tall. <laughs> they are very, I don't even think I came up to their their belly button. They're that, they're that tall, right, uh, as such. Uh, but you know what? Everybody is uh, very friendly. Um, I've had no no issues with, with anybody. Everybody's, like I say, it's it's that breed of uh, person, I guess, that in sports. Uh, you know, uh, figure skating, um, uh, Kurt Browning, he he, I, I did the um, World Figure Skating Championships in 1990, and Kurt Browning was a new figure skater at that time and uh, did did very well, and that and he does Stars on Ice every year, and Stars on Ice have been at our place every April for as long as I can remember. Twenty must be going close to 30 years or more maybe, and Kurt Browning last year he came and he says you're still here, and I said yeah, and you're still here, and both of us laughed and we we don't know when to retire type of thing <laughs> and and stuff. So yeah, you have that Scott Moyer, uh, he's he's from London Ontario and he's a huge London Knights fan and a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. So you know uh, London Knights they were supposed to be one of the top teams in the OHL when they were supposed to come down and and play in the Memorial Cup down here and I told him you know well you come on down and watch we'll see how your nights do against us and stuff like that but they never made it so anyway that's fine (laughs) but you 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 have those little things uh for the most part when it comes to professional people I try not to get in their space let them do their thing a lot of the pros they're uh stretching or running or whatever and I just leave them be like I say it's mostly trainers on on that end of it figure skaters stars on ice they're there for a week practicing so you get to know them a little bit more yeah I've, I, this might be a dumb question, but curling—I know the ice is different. How does that work? Do you well, use the same ice? As- so it, it's 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 not much different. It's it's thicker. Uh, they build they build their ice above ours, um, and that and they pebble it. So um, it's kind of neat. Uh, you'll see a guy he has a backpack on filled with water, and, it, and it's a spray bottle, almost like you're you're spraying your 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 trees or whatever yeah, pesticides, like type of thing. Yeah, yeah. That type of thing. And um and of course there's companies that put out just for curlers curlers and that. And you see them out back and they're waving their arm back and forth trying to get a rhythm. And then they'll walk backwards on it. And on this sheet of ice going all the way down the other end, then they'll turn themselves around. So they're doing these little pebble drops. So the ice is very, very cold and that excuse me. And um and that's what the the curl on. So in places like ours, and I'm sure any of these big rinks, because if you've ever been to a curling rink, they're like little ice boxes. Yeah. Like they're even colder than some of the regular hockey rinks type of thing. And so they don't have any problem losing their pebble as such. So in a rink like ours, uh, that's a big trick because it's it's so warm in the building, especially once you get crowds in there, uh, that it heats the, yes. the surface and, and the pebble starts to go. So it's very, very tricky. So it's it's more... They're more intense on keeping the temperatures where they can 
basically keep them as cold as they can and same with the cooling in the arena yeah. and that more so than what i have to do for hockey yeah and even less for figure skating one of the hottest rinks i've ever played in is Scotiabank that, center is that right oh yeah. man yeah i've never played down in florida but you sweat when there's you know i played with i think eight thousand people were in there and Hottest I've ever been. After yeah. warm-up, I was drenched. It's crap for the guys playing there now. Good for them. But it, it was, was the ice still hard? Oh, the ice was great. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I got a goal. It was great. I tipped go. it in. It chipped it's it in. Yeah, good stuff. Good. Yeah, so, so for a hockey game, especially this time of year or in the spring when the temperatures outside are bad and uh, and it's humid and the rains and happening and things like that. Uh, so we'll cheat. So the door's open. So the game's at 7. The door's open at 6. So we'll cheat a bit. And I say cheat. I get the engineers to cool the building down as much as possible trying to get down 14 15 degrees in the bowl because as soon as those doors open and the crowds are coming in and this year the crowds are, are good uh, which is great um so they're bringing in all that outside air all that humidity if it's a rainy or a foggy day uh type of thing and it's sitting in there so now my temperature's going from 14 or 15 and it's up to 17 before the puck even drops mm. and that's just in the bowl temperature right so an artificial ice all that heat's going down through the surface of the ice and that's where it's drawing it down so you want you want to try and keep your eyes as hard as possible but you also got to keep the air as cool as possible usually if i can keep it around 17 and 18 once everybody's in and it settles it seems to hold mm. when it starts to get up to 21 and stuff like that the ice will get granular it's like uh, little pebbles not so much snow anymore it's more of a granular thing mm-hmm. and that's so we keep an eye on that the engineers can't do too much more once once they've settled it out and in that temperature they can hold that but they wouldn't be able to bring it down any cooler once it gets colder out like so when the world juniors come in december and january and the weather's cold outside <laughs> when the weather's cold outside uh, it'll make life a lot easier for both them and me and uh, everything else so it'll be good random question but do people that run the budget ever not fight with you but like kelly come on like the air conditioning we need or we need it a little bit hotter we can't be paying this bill is, is that ever a thing uh, no i you know uh, it probably is i i don't hear it <laughs> okay um you know I, I i've heard that before and i just say you know what it's a rink <laughs> oh, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sure you brought your kid to a rink where it's a lot colder than here you'll get used to the temperature yeah. scotiabank uh, can yeah. pay the bill they're not yeah. worried about it you know we're here we're here for the product the, the entertainment purpose we want these to be the best it could be and uh and i can tell a story back in the citadel days uh halifax was playing sherbrooke i think they were the canadians at that time and um and i did the game that night that was back when we had one zamboni and the next morning i got up and i was back at work the next day and i, and I always read the newspaper back then and uh, i was reading the article and, and of course one of the players he complained about the ice they lost like seven three or something our, our citadels did and uh he was complaining about the ice the ice was this the ice was that the ice was this so when i got to work the chief engineer and he's got a stack of his his log sheets and everything of the compressors and air temperatures and stuff from previous games for the month or whatever to show that everything was basically the same and he said the ceo which was ken mounts at the time wanted to see us so up we went to the office and uh ken sat there and i sat on the other side of his desk and and uh, Martin Butler was our chief engineer at that time. He had this stack of whatever, and he had the newspaper wide open, and Scott Ferguson, who was a, a junior uh, executive at the time, uh, he was sitting behind us. And uh, Ken, Ken had asked, he's, Kelly, you did the game last night? And I said, yeah. And uh, he said, did you happen to read the paper? And I said, yeah. And he said, uh, anything to say? And I said, Sherbrooke loved it. 
And he looked at me and he looked at Martin. He slammed his hand down. And he said, that's good enough for me. Right? <laughs> and out we went. And I, I could do no wrong with my chief engineer at that time. Like there was anything I needed, I was getting it. So it was it was pretty good. But I know when the ice is bad or it's going to be rough, but both teams play on it. So it's an equal playground. Yeah. You know, and that's the way I've always looked at it. Uh, I know when it's when it's bad and, and if they want to say it's bad and I can, I can agree with them, you know, but the other team had to play on it as well. Right. So. Uh, we try to make it as best we can and, um, you know, for the best. But uh, And I was fairly young back then doing that game and and stuff, but there it was, right? I play hockey. I, I know what it's like, uh, um, you know, when it's bad ice or, good <laughs> ice or whatever, right? And I know the other team's playing on it as well, so it all. You're just doing your best. That's all doing you can your ask best, for. yeah, that's right. I remember the first time I was really mad at you. I was getting bag skated, and I was looking at you waiting for the horn. The practice was over at 6, and I think you let it go to like 6.05, and I almost threw up. I didn't, but I remember looking at you. You were there like, I don't know what you were doing. You might have been drinking a coffee, and I kept looking at you. I go, blow the horn. I didn't know your name was Kelly. I was like, man, just blow the horn, and you didn't. So I want to know like some bag skates that you must have seen in your day. You must have seen some bad ones. You know what? I so. It's funny. I always introduce myself to any of the new coaches, be it pro or in, in this case, the Halifax Mooseheads. I always introduce myself because in the big scheme of things, they're just a client there in our facility, just like everybody else. And most times the Mooseheads used to practice at our facility from uh, 4 to 5.30, 3.30 to 5, those type of scenarios. They get out of school and come running over. Well, you probably did that and the way they go. So at the start of the year, I introduced myself, and I'd always remind them that I have ice rentals right after you. So I've got 10 minutes to do the ice, yeah. right? So 10 minutes. like so. I And I would know looking at, you know, maybe they had a bad weekend on the road or at home. <laughs> and depending on the coach, you get used to how their mannerisms are and stuff. But I would say to them, i say, listen, like if you're going to give them a bag skate, do it in the first half hour. Right, and I'll come out. I'll resurface your ice, and you can practice your plays. Get your frustration. Don't leave it till the last of the practice, because I'll buzz you off. And I would do that. Oh yeah. I would buzz them off if I if I went out and they're doing stop starts or a bag skate or something. I would buzz them off. I've just missed that one. Yeah. (laughs) You missed that (laughs) one big time. Um, But I would do that, and that's only for the next client, because there's been times where the next client would come on, and I know the ice is just not great yeah i i wouldn't charge them for it I, oh I, yeah and i yeah and i <laughs> well i try not to do that too yeah, much yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, it, the odd time that would happen for the most part the coaches were great they understood where i was coming from i just explained it to them that way and uh, they were good uh, i've never had an issue with any of the coaches over the years and that they always seem to understand uh, where i'm coming from they don't practice there anymore they got their beautiful facility over in the rbc center oh, yeah. there and that so i miss that end of it see i don't get to know the the kids so much anymore they kind of come in on game day it's almost like they've been on the road come in on game day do their game and then they're gone again they're back on the road that's what it feels like when they used to practice there every day you get to know them they used to walk down my end to go over to scotia square where they parked and that's so how you get to know the odd kid and that they'd always stop and say hi or some of them were just kept going and that but uh for the most part you know uh, you miss that end of it hmm. you know a lot of them they'll see you but they they know you but they don't type of thing i got what you it's like now yeah cool i was always amazed not always the first time i pulled into that place uh, on a bus and i was like how is this bus fitting through here underneath the stands has a bus ever hit like a stanchion Shh. 
yeah oh sorry my, <laughs> a lot of knocking on wood here <laughs> yeah we've if you're if you're next time you're at my place and you're down by where the zambonis are you can look up at the the beams or the ductwork and see where either a truck uh, an 18 wheeler or a bus has done that um i forget which team it was i i got gatineau in my head and the bus driver panicked and he just kept going and next thing you know he smashed out one of his side windows and stuff like oh yeah he just you know instead of just waiting take a deep breath back it up (laughs) wheel it over and that uh i've seen trucks back into there so today's a moving day for michael buble uh and they've got 18 trucks i believe they said 18 trucks for michael buble they're bringing in their own stage one of them must be filled with the drinks like the buble (laughs) for everyone (laughs) anyway i've seen guys back a truck in there 18 wheelers so it's on duke street which is like a steep hill and it's an angled and everything else and they're like they're walking on a sidewalk and i've seen other ones where it's like an hour and it's painful they're backing in they're going for it backing in going oh yeah and if it's cold out like if it's the cold of winter and that's happening it's nasty and that's so it's a good driver or i'm not saying they're a bad driver but okay i got you <laughs> not as much patience i guess i don't know <laughs> it is awkward yeah I, I won't i won't lie it is an awkward spot to to back in or drive in yeah, yeah. it was a big deal i remember like loading the bus because in junior a you got to load the bus outside you know yeah. pull it and i remember getting called up to the moose heads and we got to load our bus inside the rink and that was such a luxury and yeah. i just remember thinking that ah, well, this is good as it's gonna get right here so we we stopped doing that oh you don't do it anymore we don't do it anymore oh no Why? <laughs> so, what happened well uh a few things it, it got to a point where especially in the the heat of the winter uh, heat of the winter uh <laughs> where salt and everything's happening and and they come in the one end down by the moosehead end and they drive down and they'll exit through the other end well salt and ice don't mix and it was always a pain to always like i was forever having to clean the floor take dry the zambonis because i have to go through that way to get onto the ice and that and the other thing was some of them started cleaning their buses in there you know and i can appreciate that they got salt and everything on it and they're you know next thing you know they're taking out a hose and they find a hose thing and they're hooking it up and they're spraying and then they're just leaving and there's just this it ended up being a work thing so much more than anything that we just didn't have time to deal with and we're like one of two rinks i think quebec's the other one Mm -hmm. where you can actually put a bus into the facility uh, so it's not like these kids aren't used to loading it up. And it's a luxury. So, so they, they stop on Duke Street. I let them in that, that door, and then they wheel their stuff in. They're used to it now. They, they grumbled the first few, mostly the trainers. That's who I deal with, so they're the ones asking me about it. And uh, and it goes from there. But cool. I mean, we still, you know, like Michael Buble again, I think he's got uh, eight eight or nine buses coming in, and they'll park them inside for that show. Mm. And that he's got a big band and, and crew. And that right, so yeah, buses still come in, but not for things like uh, Thunderbirds or or the Mooseheads anymore. Has there ever been like obviously you don't do it for everyone that comes in? Has but has there ever been one artist, one hockey player that you're like I got to get his autograph? Obviously you don't do it for everyone, but has there ever been that one guy? Yeah, you know it's funny. Uh, so I'm a big Blackhawk fan, uh, uh, and that, and it was uh, the World Hockey Championships we were having, and so we had Team USA in there, and we had Team Canada in there. And uh, back then, uh, there was a young Jonathan Taze and a young Patrick Kane, and I had this hockey news magazine. And like I said, I usually, I usually don't go around and, and bug these guys, but uh, these and they were on the cover of this hockey hockey news magazine, and that uh, future Blackhawks, whatever. 
And this is before they won any cups and stuff. So I had to go down and, and I got their autographs. Yeah. And I have a framed home on my <laughs> on my uh, wall and that. So that was probably the biggest one. Well, the biggest one that I actually went after. The other one I I, I didn't really go after it. Um, it was back when the Citadels were there and Gordy Howe was there for some reason, doing some promotion with some minor hockey association, but also affiliated with the Halifax Mooseheads at the time. And uh, he was in one of the dressing rooms all by himself. And uh, anyway, he come off the ice and he, he was going to the dressing room and he forgot the key. And I just happened to be walking by and I said, hi. He said, do you have a key for this? And and I said, yes, I do. And I opened the door up and next thing you know, he starts talking to me. So I follow him in and he's going on about a game last night and, and stuff. And uh, anyway, I reached into my pocket and I had a Halifax Citadel puck don't know why i just have to have one and anyway he signed that for me so i have a halifax little puck with gordy gordy howe's <laughs> autograph on it That's those it. are the only ones that uh i kind of like went yeah. out out of my way to ask for type of thing right yeah. uh world juniors i have a uh autograph hockey stick that was given to me um but it autograph-wise, I think. Uh, I usually, NHL exhibition games or any big events, I usually get a, a game puck. Um, so I'll usually I'll sneak over to the timekeeper's box. So I'll have the game pucks and usually the home team. So if it's, say, Montreal, Ottawa, having an exhibition game there, whoever the home team was, they'll supply the pucks. So I usually get, I usually grab a puck there and I'll put the white tape on it just like just like the pros. And yeah. I write the date of the, the game and stuff and I just put them in my little puck holders and they're in my walls as well i got quite a few actually oh yeah uh, over the years we've had neutral site games that, that actually counted in the standings and that uh, the rangers and the devils and i think it was the rangers and the capitals uh tampa and I'm trying to think maybe it was ottawa uh and pittsburgh that, ottawa was here yeah that might have been an exhibition game yeah these were neutral site oh, games oh, neutral, they, I got they you, actually okay. count I don't know what why the deal was that year or a couple of years uh, where they were trying to get the game more out there to other places, and we yeah. we lucked out on uh, three of those three of those games. So it was kind of it was kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah. W- with every building or even like a house, like I have funny things in this house that don't work properly. You got to give it a little elbow. You got to make it you know work <laughs> the way you got to make it work. Nothing's sure. perfect in this world. I was wondering if the Scotiabank Center had anything like that where. You know, the second Zamboni door doesn't open unless you kick it a little bit to the left. I don't know, just anything yeah, funny like that. Um, no, I, well, uh, on my end, it's good. It's an older building, so we've got a lot of new things. You know, the sky boxes, the uh, <clears throat> seats. Uh, yeah, the seats. You know, so there's all those, and you're and you're trying to put it in to a building that's that's old and designed. And well, we opened up in 90, 1978. Um, so, you know, there, there's there's pains in there that you wouldn't see but we know um on my end you know uh, like they take the gates out and sometimes they'll take the boards out depending on the show and then they have to put it back in and my gates the zamboni gates might be a little tight so we have to tweak that a bit uh things like the spectator netting that goes up all the time every time there's a show putting that back down so usually when i come in so i'll come in saturday morning and moose heads are playing randa randa and there's game day practices uh and i'll get the ice cleaned up before the first practice but one of the things i'll do is i'll examine the glass posts uh the glass the the netting just to make sure that the playground is safe enough for everybody to to come out and if not i'm calling an event tech and uh getting them to tweak it or or whatever before the practice starts while i'm trying to get the ice cleaned type of thing uh for the most part that's that's the biggest thing on my end of it um 
you know, cleaning the floor down, like I say, where the Zambonis go, because yeah. all those tractor trailers and buses will be at my end. This time of year is not so bad. The salt's not out yet and stuff. So it'll be just more dirt than anything. So I'll give that a quick hose down or get the cleaners to scrub it and that but uh the building itself um you know we just had dressing rooms redone a few years back uh just before the pandemic um you know we, we keep it in pretty good shape i think we try to to keep up keep it to where it needs to be for for the crowds and everything else so that they're comfortable and, and enjoying whatever they're they're there to watch yeah you know you guys do a great job every time i'm in there it's clean nice it's really really nice really well kept when you when I was there last week with Drummondville and you you walked the nets around before you pegged them in why? So again, it's a warm building, so most rinks are cold, uh, and our nets are in the back there where the zambonis are, so it's a little ways away, uh, and because it's metal, the the metal frame, it'll melt in the ice. So if you threw a coin out on the ice out of your pocket, it would start to melt down in. Well, it's the same with the nets. So we walk them. I don't know, three laps just to cool enough the bottom so that that shape of the frame of the net doesn't melt down into the ice. So what are you trying to do? Attract ice or snow to the bottom no, of the net? Cool, so it, just cooling Just cool it. That's just all you're trying to do is cool all it we're down. Doing it. So most rinks, like, you know, if I said the Spryfield rink or, you know, name name your local ice box. Centennial. Centennial. They're cold, right? So their nets are just off the side. They're always cold. They're never going to be warm. I see what you're Out saying. back here, it's warm. Uh, the temperatures are warm. Like I can walk around in a short sleeve shirt, no problem, comfortable, and then throw a warm net onto the ice. That's so. That's the reason we walk our nets. Okay, yeah. that makes sense then. Yeah. Um, I, I see you brought some stuff with you, and you have a, an artistic side to you where you know how to. What What are these? Are these painted, hand drawn, and then filled yeah. in with? So back back in the day, um, the. Scotiabank Center or Scotiabank Metro Center. Um, Try to show whenever you're showing, just kind of sure. maybe just the trade trade center limited um, ran the Halifax uh, Citadels uh, off ice stuff. I'm trying to think of my very first one here. I got them all. Yeah, maybe put it down. Episode it must be episode one. So Scott Ferguson again. Uh, he knew I was artistic and um, he had asked me if I'd be interested in in painting a, a cover for the, the Citadels. They did one once a month and uh, and that, and I said, sure, let me try one. So I, uh, uh, this was episode one or issue one uh, that I did, and there was five of them total. Um, just, you know, wow. promoting the game, promoting the team, and, and each month they would come to me and say, you know, I'm looking for uh, something where the fans are involved or or whatever type of thing, and uh, I don't know if you remember BJ the Bird there. I don't the remember. No. Radio. He was kind of like the mascot for anything and everything, uh, and that. And uh, who's this signing the autograph? Uh, just name a player. You know, after the game, okay, you, yeah. you know what it's like, and, and yeah. the, the fans will come down and they're looking for autographs. So it's just it's nobody in particular. It's yeah, just I events gotcha. that are happening at the at the building. <laughs> um, they wanted to do a. Uh, birthplace of hockey in Windsor, Nova Scotia. So I did this one up because uh, they, they're they bragging that they, they invented hockey and that's where it started. Yeah. And that and this was down in their Sports Hall of Fame, the original painting uh, down in Windsor. For the longest time, I, I haven't been there for, for a long, long time. <laughs> uh, so I don't even know if it's still up in that, but that was one that I did for them on that one. Uh, Who was supplying the trip to Mexico? Uh, again, I guess it's our... our people promoting the the team okay. so we had all promotion stuff so i'm gonna assume that that was through us that's a uh, big trip that is a good trip 
uh, again, um, community oriented thing. Uh, that's very cool. Yeah. How long would it take you on average to do one of these? Well, it, uh, it all depends. So that one, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of things happening, uh, probably a little bit longer than others. Um, you know, and we're going back a few years. Uh, I don't know. They, like I said, I it was before each month. So I would start, as soon as I got one done, I would start doing, they would give me whatever they're looking for for the next month. And, and then I would start, I'd kind of sketch something out and uh, and that. And the last one I did was kind of a, a tribute to the AHL and all our teams. And that's so the way we started off with the Nova Scotia Voyagers and then the Nova Scotia Oilers and then, of course, the Citadels and that and in our building and and. And that so it was fun to do and it was just something I I had I had I was actually doing autographs because people would know about it and oh, yeah? sign one every now and then that's awesome and that and, uh, and and the funny part of it all was the AHL did a um, did a story on me doing this Amboni drivers doing doing the uh, program covers and and they wrote a story on me uh, which was great uh, and I appreciated it very much I uh, talk about my wife and I this before I had kids and uh, I had a pet uh, cockatiel at the time and talked about that and and stuff and and this was going to be displayed in every AHL magazine or program throughout the league and the funny part about it or the sad part about it however you look at it was uh, the Halifax Citadels didn't make the playoffs so nobody here locally got <laughs> oh. to read this but people in Rochester or Syracuse or whatever they could read about it but anyway it was it was fun I, I enjoyed that the Citadels uh, moved away after that year maybe it was because of my paintings I don't know <laughs> but anyway yeah, no. they, they were no longer there. I think they moved to uh, Cornwall at that time and uh, um, that's great yeah, it's a piece of history from Halifax right there, and you're a part of it. That's awesome. More ways than one, too. Painting and, and making sure that the ice is great. Yeah, that's and awesome. It, and it's funny. So, um, the I, I got a call one day from a guy, um, and he and he runs. He now owns the uh, uh, the Halifax Wanderers Soccer Club, and and he calls me up, and he was working with Easter Seals at that time, and he says. Yeah, I'm looking for the Zamboni driver. He says, uh, "Do you know if he's paints or artistic?" And I said, oh, "I am the Zamboni driver." And uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> I wasn't bragging or anything. I, I went to NASCAD. I, I, I'm artistic. I, you know, what yeah. can I say? I, I, I am. And he said, "So Easter Seals uh, did a thing out in BC, and uh, they had orca whales. And the Zamboni driver did up a an orca whale in a uniform, Vancouver Canuck uniform, and it looked really cool. I wonder if you can do something for Easter Seals for us, and, and that, right? He says we got a lot of corporate uh, sponsors that are paying for this. It was lobsters in the city at the time." And, uh, and that, and he said, uh, trade center limit, it's going to be one of them and that, and, uh, wondering if you'd be interested in doing that. And I said, sure. I, I've never done that before. That's something different. And that, so anyway, uh, this was back in, I'm going to say 2005, uh, this came about. So we had already had the world juniors in 2003. We had the women's worlds in 2004. So I, uh, I did up a lobster with team Canada and, uh, and that's the one I did for Trade Center Limited. And it used to stand outside of uh, the Trade Center Limited there on Argyle Street. And on one side, I had the year on his sleeve. So his number is like 04. Yeah. And I would have the corporate logo. You can't see it so much in this photo, but the, the, the tournament logo. And then if you look at his claw, uh, 
it's the medal that they won. So the World Juniors Team Canada won the silver medal and the women's won the gold medal and that. And then after these are on display for a long time, they used to auction them off. And uh, I remember we wanted it. Trade Center wanted it. They wanted to put it up in our sports bar, but they got outbid and that. And uh, Fred McGillery at the time was our CEO. He wasn't too happy about not getting this. Oh. But uh, so now it's down on Barrington Street, uh, right next to the Freak Lunchbox. There's a, an office building right next to it. And it's, it still stands there today <laughs> inside that thing. And I was, I was thinking we should get it for the upcoming World Juniors. Yeah. See if they'll, they'll lend it to us. But I have no idea who, who actually bought it. That's a great and, idea. That would be really cool. Yeah, just something... Uh, something to put in there so yeah so there it is zamboni driver paints lobsters and <laughs> stuff, stuff like that lobsters. global tv <laughs> and and you know whatever you know uh it's a way to put your stamp on the city you know you that's go. really they, cool they've, they've been around right <laughs> and that they did dolphins one year they did guardians of the sea another year i've done a few <laughs> over the years so it's it's been fun and then easter seals stopped doing that promotion and and that but it uh it was fun at the time and i want to talk about the the ring that the mooseheads gave you as well when, when did they present you with the with that ring so the mooseheads won uh the memorial cup 2013 my blackhawks won the cup that year too it was a good year for it's me it's a good year for kelly that's <laughs> yeah, a good was, year <laughs> especially a hockey guy yeah. and everything right um so it was uh when they they obviously gave out rings and uh travis kennedy and brian urquhart came down and uh it was during a moosehead game and uh the first period was going on and they they had asked to see us uh me and wade seegers was the other zamboni driver at the time and they presented us uh with a ring and I remember at the time they were giving out a pewter ring, a replica, it's smaller than this, and they were giving that to the season ticket holders. And I was hoping, you know, maybe I get one of those, right? I yeah. Those were cool. Anyway, they presented me with that, and it was just like, like, are you serious? Like, it's wow, it's got my name in it, and it's got all the diamonds and and everything, uh, and that. And anyway, wow. it was it was like wow, like because yeah. not too many people that weren't officially with the team got these uh, i'm one of the one of the few that did and and very very thankful and fortunate uh that i got that and it's again my daughters can fight over it in, in the future <laughs> it's it's interesting how you say it. it's like yeah i'm not like affiliated with the team but when i think of you i do like i just think oh yeah. no like he, he's with the mooseheads i yeah. just you know it's yeah it's how i think at least i understand that um you know and i deal closely with them uh, as such so whatever they need you try and help them out the best you can uh type of thing and especially when they were there all the time so it was a daily thing chris mcdonald was their trainer for for years you know i i got to know macker probably better than some of our staff that we have there you know because you dealt with them so often and that but yeah 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 you, you become you know uh and, and you get pumped up for a game like i get excited for a game like randa randa's in here on saturday you know we lost to them in the in the Memorial Cup, so you know you get, you know you want that revenge, no matter if it's, you know that's years ago, but you still want to beat them, uh, type of thing, uh, and that. So I get excited for a game and, and get the get my crew all pumped up for it, and that, uh, and that I, you know, like I still play hockey. I ran a gentlemen's hockey league for thirty six years. You know, it's it's in my blood, right? I just uh, I I hang out at a rink, basically. My daughters were figure skaters. Uh, I'm always cold. <laughs> I'm always cold. <laughs> That's yeah. good stuff. That's great stuff, yeah. Kelly. 
Well, I, we were talking to Wendell uh, Young the other day up in Chicago, the the general manager for the Wolves, yeah. and I said he had this, you know, mentality like a child. He gets to go to the rink every day, had a huge smile on his face, and he's been there for you know a, a long time, and he still wakes up every day and loves it. And I'm getting the same energy from you. You yeah. you seem kind of just like a kid who's yeah. happy to wake up and go do what you do. You know what? It, it, and it's funny, and and it doesn't matter if it's minor hockey or kids, or if it's gentlemen's hockey or just rec hockey, right? Um, you know, I've been there and I still, I'm still there playing it myself. Oh, you still like go out and play on? Uh, I, oh, I yeah? do. I okay. played last night at the RBC Center and I'm not worse for wear today, so that's not too bad. Um, <laughs> Are you defenseman or forward? Uh, or I goalie? used to play defense, but I broke both ankles playing hockey, so I tend to play forward now. Uh, I, I'm, I'm at an age now where I give somebody a rest yeah. or I trash talk. <laughs> So I, would, I, I wouldn't have I, taken that from I, you. I leave it at that. And when I trash talk, I'm not the, the cursor type of thing, but I, I, I like to uh, punt around that, that way. So I got to uh, ask you one more question. I'm sorry, sure. but you continue with this story. But do you ever judge the uh, other people's ice surfaces when you go? Do you look and go, oh, that could be a bit better? Do you ever? Yeah, it's, you know what? It's it's funny. I, I do. Uh, and, and I because you're always looking to see how people yeah. do their ice, right? You know, uh, were they taught properly how to run the machine? You know, like, why is he doing that or, or she uh, type of thing. And um, so, yeah, I, I do judge in my own head and that, um, you know, it's a product that you're selling. You want your product to be the best that it can be. And, and we you have a machine that should be able to, to do that, right? Um, when I see a team out there, and this time of year is rough because all minor hockey teams, they're doing tryouts for their competitive teams. So they're doing stop starts or they're doing bag skates or whatever right trying to get the kids in shape well the kids are in shape they really are right they play all year round now and that right so a lot of times if i see even if it's minor hockey and the kids are a little bit older um and they're doing stop starts uh, i just whoa i'll go right out to the bench and i'll say whoa oh, you yeah. know change it up a bit don't always you don't have to do it like 10 times so that there's like a groove now they're a half inch of ice torn out right and that uh and you can't do that at every rink and i understand that but you know like come on <laughs> yeah you, know, you really don't need to do that change it up a little bit do a few of those do a few of those whatever a couple right? push-ups you yeah. know <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna make them do laps move your net out yeah and i would tell the i would tell the uh, moosehead coaches that you know move your net out 10 feet so that they're not going in the same spot the same spot the same spot right and stuff just the little things right but yeah um I do, I do do that. Uh, I'll go home. I'll go home after a Moosehead. So Saturday night, there's a Moosehead game. I'll go home. Oh, there's a late game on tonight. On and you know, I'm looking at the lines. I'm looking at the boards. I'm looking at the glass. I'm looking at all that stuff before I'm leaving watching the game type of thing. Just because it's what I do. Uh, you know, so when the curved glass came in to the players' benches, uh, I was curious about it. Uh, my wife for my 50th birthday got me tickets to go to Chicago to watch a couple Blackhawk games, which is awesome. And I noticed they had the curb glass, so like I'm march. I went early enough, and I'm marching down, and I'm staring at this thing because we haven't had it yet, and I'm sure we're gonna get it. Everyone's looking and at the players. Kelly's looking at the glass, right? I'm down there, right? And uh, and that, and it was funny. It was funny in Chicago. So they have their boards or the Zamboni entrance, same place as us. So uh, of course it's intermission time. Most people are going to concessions, grab a pop or two or something, and and that I'm watching the the do the, the ice. <laughs> So anyway, I'm watching him and he comes right out and he drives all the way down to the fire blue line. And then he puts his conditioner down and he starts going around and I'm like, and then the second one comes out and he follows and I'm, I'm like, 
I'm saying to my wife, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Why are they going way up there? Like, they should be just going out and putting their conditioner down, going right up the middle and the way they go, right? Like, yeah. I, you know, if you if you watch me and me, what yeah, I do yeah. there, you know, and it's on and off, right? And that, and we went to two games and every intermission, that's what they did. And I said, I got to go down there. I got to show them what to do. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's them, hilarious. Teach them the right way or something. It just, there's some reason they do it. And I don't know why, but it was just, it always cracked me up that, uh, uh, they did it that way. And I remember, so the CHL, they hired uh, Wayne, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, P- Pazenga. Uh, yeah, I think I butchered his name. <laughs> you tried. Anyway, he's a good, great guy, and he was down for us uh, to, to observe and everything. Anyway, he called me up before they headed in St. John, and that's no disrespect for the guys in St. John. I've never seen them do their ice, so I, I have no idea. But anyway, they're, I, I'm assuming their gates are in the same place as us. At their arena, Harbor Station, you might remember. Anyway, um, he asked me to get my video guys to videotape us doing the ice during a game. So I, I got a hold of our video guy, and he did a video and sent it to me, and I sent it to Wayne. And he wanted their guys to do the ice that way because it saved time and save. And it just seemed like I don't, know, I don't know if it worked. I don't know how that went, <laughs> but I said, that's uh, that's all I need is somebody from Halifax showing somebody from St. John how to do their ice, right? I'm thinking that's not going to go over well. But anyway, you try and help out the best you can. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> that's so funny i have buddies who are refs and they're watching games on tv they don't watch the game they watch the refs yeah so oh, yeah. I, it's funny from your position too it's like yeah. i don't really watch i just i'm really focused yeah. on the glass the ice it's funny how that works yeah no well i do that first i, I get into the game as well but uh, i mean that's usually the first thing i'm looking at and i'm it's funny this year i'm sure you've watched a couple of games they got the new electronic board things it's yeah. just tv and i and i'm not sold on it yet. Um, I, f- I find it distracting when they change it when the play is on. I don't mind it when there's a stoppage and they change it. But when the play is on, all of a sudden there's something else kind of flashing there. I, I haven't gotten used to that yet, but uh, that's just TV only. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I know. I'm not a fan of it either. Yeah. Anyways, I, yeah, like I just, yeah, back to the mentality of waking up every day and just being happy to do what you do. What's the what's the trick to your happiness of waking up every day and doing what you do and loving it and being fortunate to be in the position that you're in? Well, um, you know what? Uh, like I said, I, I love the sport. Uh, I've been doing it all my life. You know, it's been going on 50 years now. I've been working in a rink and that, um, you know, the people and that. It's, it's just, you know, and, and it's the, like I said, it, uh, they're paying or to either watch or play, be it a gentleman's league, you know. And uh, like I said, I, I understand that. I run a gentleman's league. I played in it. Uh, I still play. I know the enjoyment of that and just forgetting the day-to-day whatevers and that, right? So you have that that enjoyment. Uh, as weird as it sounds, the smell of, of an arena, there's always that, be it the rubber mats, be it the, the dressing rooms or whatever. It's uh I'm, it's probably not the, a perfumey smell by any means, but it's just, it's all that. Uh, on a game day at our place, they're, they're cooking popcorn early in the day, and, and it's going through at the building, and it's like, next thing I know, I need to go up and get some popcorn. <laughs> you know, you get, it's just, just everything about it, right? It's just, it's the game. Um, and that, uh, I, I, I don't know why uh, I like it so much. I do. Um, I don't know how many other ice techs around are into it. Um I, I am, <laughs> um, and it, and it helps. I don't say you have to play hockey or skate to become an ice tech, but it helps because you you get a feel of it. One of the things that I do every year when I make ice, I'm the first one on it, uh, so I build it up, 
and I know I'm the one that rents the ice, so I know my first rental, and usually on that day, I'll bring my skates in, put my skates on, I usually take a photo of myself, or a video of my skates skating over the ice, I'm the first one on the ice every year, it's just one of those things I've been doing for a long time, not every year since I've been there, but for a long time, uh, just to get a feel of it, see if it's wavy at all, if I got it level enough, just coast around just one of those little perks that i do, i do there that's great that um like i say i examine the playground to make sure everything is safe for whoever it may be yeah. and that and, uh, and i think all rinks should do that uh, i remember talking to the referees for Nova scotia um and asking them that they should do up a report uh, if a rink is not safe for for kids uh or or adults or anybody and that and that could be a piece of the boards chipped away or puck boards wrong or something if they deem something doesn't seem right they should report that so that at least we can inform most people especially like rec hockey they just want to play they'll, they'll play on anything mm. right they just want to get out there and play uh, but it should be safe, right? And and the arena itself should be one of the things we 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 design gear and stuff like that for the kids or the or adults to protect themselves. So you don't need any other whatever, right? Um, so that never that never really happened. But I I still think that should be a thing. Minor hockey referees, uh, they're there in all these rinks. They would know if there's something a little off. You know, maybe the goal crease is too thin. And that, right? That's not safe. You yeah. know, if a guy hits that and hits the concrete and next thing you know, he's sliding into the boards or whatever, there's all kinds of things, right? And usually those mistakes are because somebody's not trained right on the machines or, or whatever it may be, right? So safety should go a long way that way and stuff. Uh, I would like to see that implemented. I know in the NHL they do stuff like that, the referees, and I think a, a player from each team has to write a report on conditions of the ice. Condition. No way. Really? Yeah, they do all that stuff. Wow. Uh, and that, and I think that's great. Now, you know, they're getting paid millions to play and stuff like that. So uh, if there's issues, be it with the ice or with the facility, the boards, the glass, whatever, then they need to know and fix it type of thing, right? Yeah. And that should be, to me, in all rinks. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, I want one more thing before you go, the the respect factor between the players and the Zamboni driver of one shutting the door and shoveling. Where, where, where does the where's the line crossed? Because in the NHL, I see the guys going on the ice as the Zamboni's there stretching. Yeah. And I go, okay, well, it's the NHL. Maybe it's a bit different. These guys got off a plane. They want to stretch a bit. I don't know. It, what's your what's your thought process on yeah. the respect factor? So I, I don't like anybody on the ice okay. uh, for that. Um, I, I never had a problem with AHL. Even the NHL exhibition games, I've never had, it, had that as an issue. First time I had it was probably Team Finland uh, during the World Hockey Championships that I'm out doing the ice for. They just had a practice that day. And uh, they all started coming out on the ice and just in front of the players' benches and stretching. By this time, I think I've had maybe two laps to go. And I'm looking over at them, and I'm giving them my kind of a scowl type of thing, right? It's usually pucks that I don't want to see. Uh, so I, I just let it go. They're just stretching and that. And that was it was just that one time. The only time I had it before was, this, again, the Citadels. Uh, two players went out, and again, I was near the end of doing the ice. And again, it was a game day practice. And a game day practice said that. We only had one machine. And they were passing a puck. And next thing you know, oh. the puck... Of course, it goes in, into the to the auger, and it's a 50-50. It'll either go up in the auger and into the box, or it'll get jammed in there. Sure enough, on this particular day, it got jammed in there. 
So off I go. And that luckily for me, it was close to the bottom. Got it out. So then I went and saw the trainer and I said, that's a no, no. We got to teach them a lesson. Right. So I said, I'm going to get them the cost of an auger. So AHL hockey players don't make a lot of money <laughs> right at that time. And that, so I got the cost of a new auger and that I called up Zamboni and they gave me a quote and that, and I did up a, a bill and I said, give this to these two guys and show them what it cost for a new auger. <laughs> yeah. Thing, right. So it was kind of a bit of a prank. The other, <laughs> the other one I had was, it was, again, it was a game day and this one was even worse. Uh, uh, the guys moved the nets for me, my my crew, and there was a pile of snow at one of the posts. And anyway, I went up and did the ice, and I did maybe two laps. All of a sudden, my augers caught up. So there was something buried in the snow. I'm assuming it was a puck. So the Utica Devils were coming on next. And Utica Devils uh, were coached by Tommy McPhee. Now, if, I don't know if you know Tommy McPhee. He's kind of a Don Cherry kind of a guy, but he had this big, raspy voice, you know, like, hardcore whatever and it's old school hockey back then anyway because it was fights all the time and everything else and uh anyway i had to go i only had one machine and he started on me he's like ripping me hard wait till they come to utica we're gonna give them they're not even gonna be able to skate it's gonna be so crappy and he was calling me everything in the book and i didn't even really care i just said you know what i got something stuck in my auger i got a game tonight right you might not even be playing so anyway that particular one we had to take the auger right out, which took me all day, me and another guy, all day. And it was a blade of a hockey stick had broken and it shoved oh. up inside the, the auger. So it wasn't as easy to get out, but it was it was painful. But I always remember that this this guy, he's ripping me hard. And I'm sure after after the fact, he's probably thinking, oh, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of work to do, right? But anyway, yeah, that was, that was, and that wasn't anybody's fault except for now I get them to kick the snow. Anytime there's snow near the net, yeah. just give it a quick kick just in case there's something in it, right? That yeah, absolutely. The auger because it's a 50-50. It'll either go up or it'll get jammed. In the middle of your story, you said, I, I had to call Zamboni. Zamboni's an actual company? Yeah, yeah. Zamboni. It's not the name of the machine. The Zamb- it, it's it's the name of the machine. But it's also so, the name of the company. It's the name of the company. So Frank Zamboni is the guy that invented the Zamboni. No way. So when you see an Olympia or another ice resurfacer, because they're all ice resurfacers, but it's like almost like Kleenex. Kleenex, they're not Kleenex, they're tissues. Kleenex is a brand name. Zamboni is a brand name. But everybody calls whatever ice resurfacer is in the building the Zamboni. Oh, yeah. Right? It doesn't matter what. But, uh, yeah, Frank Zamboni invented the Zamboni, and uh, I call it the Cadillac of ice resurfacers, but that's my preference. Uh, Olympia is, is, is perfectly fine. I've driven those. Uh Europe's got a bunch of different ones as well, but everybody refers to them as a Zamboni. Yeah, it's a Zamboni. It's, it's a Zamboni, but it's it, technically it's not. So during the Vancouver Olympics, Olympia got the the bid for it, and they had and this is no disrespect to Olympia, but they had some problems with the um, speed skating track, and the announcers kept saying the Zamboni's breaking down, the Zambonis are breaking down, or something's wrong with the Zamboni, and finally somebody from Zamboni, the company, said got to stop calling the zambonis or olympias they're not ours right oh yeah so uh anyway they're ice resurfacers that's probably an issue yeah yeah that's an issue especially olympics where it's a worldwide global thing right and stuff so yeah Awesome. Well, Kelly, man, thank you very much for joining the show. I appreciate it. An hour flies by when you're coming on wow. this show. You, you, you told some great stories. I appreciate awesome. your time. Well, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it very much. Awesome. It was fun. Thanks. I'm going to be at the rink on Saturday. We're miking up uh, Crothers from... Uh, Who are they playing? Rouen. Yeah. yeah. So I'll see you there. Nice.
cool. And I'll know what you're doing now. And you're walking the nets all day. This is what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right on. Awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your week. I appreciate you coming on. And everyone listening, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your week. And that's it. Bro. Peace. Yeah.